G'day friends, welcome back. Well, we're back on track now, aren't we? <laughs> oh, how good was that? Alright, before I get into anything, spoiler warning, as always, this is a full recap, review, breakdown, whatever you want to call it, of part 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's get into it. <laughs> Okay, I will just quickly say again, spoilers. Lots of big stuff in this episode. Probably the most, you know, noteworthy of all being flashbacks. New footage, flashbacks, Hayden and Ewan as Anakin and Obi-Wan together. This episode was unbelievable. There's all the stuff we've got happening in the present, obviously, but the way that the this um, flashback sparring session was interwoven throughout, and how it's a macro version of what's happening in the episode, the back and forth, the understanding of one another, the lessons learned, oh man, just absolutely fantastic. When Obi-Wan says, Oh, Vader doesn't have the patience for a siege, and then it cuts back, and you know how, how like Vader's thinking about, you know, his personality traits, Obi Wan's personality traits. You know, he's thinking about how am I going to approach this, and you can. Oh, I, I love the very very start of the episode after we see that first flashback. We cut back to him, and he's just standing there. Obviously, he's thinking about that, but what is he thinking about? Is he thinking back fondly? Is he thinking about it tactically? You know, like, you know, what's Obi-Wan going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, man, just... If you didn't know this already, Deborah Chow is a fucking serious filmmaker. This is such good stuff. This is, this is some of the best quality storytelling we've had in Star Wars TV, period. It might be the best. Just the, 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 the way that these two stories mirror each other and are interwoven throughout. Oh, man, I, I cannot get over how good this is. Seriously. Um, a lot of people are going to have problems with how Hayden looks. And, yeah, it's it's a little bit... It takes a second. Um, he, he basically looks like what he looks like now, which is a 45-year-old man. Um, when he should be like 18 or 19. Um, so it's a bit odd. Um, there, there is, I think the reason for that is that this, these are reshoots. I would say that's what this is. Um, because I can't think of any other reason. We, we know what they're capable of doing with the de-aging, with the deep fake, all of that. We've seen it 
in Mando, in Boba Fett. We saw it with in in Rogue One, you know, with Tarkin. Um, and that was six years ago, and that wasn't too bad. So we know that they can do this stuff really, really well, unless they don't have time. So I would assume that this episode originally did not have um, this stuff in it, or if it did, it had a lot less. Um, and yeah, I would say that they they added it in a good while after they'd finished shooting, um, maybe because of all the talk that was going on um, amongst the fans about seeing Hayden as Anakin again and all that, I don't know. Um, because do, doing this de-aging stuff, doing what they've done with Luke in, in Mando and Boba Fett, it takes a bloody long time. It is unbelievably difficult to do. And every extra frame of, of screen time that there is for a de-aged character just exponentially increases the level of difficulty to put it to screen and there's a lot of this stuff in this episode so and and you you can see that they've done a little bit of work um but it's it's still you know you can still tell that it's Hayden as he is now this this stuff was so good that it does not bother me in the slightest you know people are going to kick up the most unbelievable fuss about this and that's their right. That's okay. But God, can't we just be happy that we got this at all? Like after last week, and like the, last week's episode was fine, but it was a serious letdown heading into the second half of the show. You know, um, everyone's like, oh, we only got two episodes to go. Are we going to get what we wanted? The answer was yes. I'm very happy that we've had it at all. And I'm willing to... Um, just push to the side the fact that it didn't look perfect. Um, the, the story for me trumps the the you know the fact that the CGI was imperfect. That's all I've got to say. It was absolutely amazing. Um, so the episode itself, we've got Vader and Reaver and the Empire following Obi Wan and the and the gang to Jabim. Um, we've got Vader knighting Reva as the Grand Inquisitor, briefly though it was. Um, the, their work with James Earl Jones's voice. Now, if, if you're not up to date, it is James Earl Jones's voice that we're hearing throughout this show. Um, but him being 91 years of age, I think they haven't got him in a studio to read all these lines. They're using a company called Respeacher um, that helped them do like um, Mark Hamill's lines as Luke in, in Boba Fett and Mando. Um, they basically take audio and they splice it together and they and they rework it um, so that it sounds like the person is younger or, you know, whatever. Um, because if you go and watch Rogue One, um, that is James Earl Jones recording those lines and it sounds like an 80-something-year-old man um, versus how he sounded in the 70s and the 80s when he originally was the voice of Darth Vader. So they've done a brilliant job taking his voice back 40 years. Um, a really, really great job. He says the word Jabim. It is the planet that they're going to. Now, James Earl Jones has recorded the entire Bible. Yeah, as, as well as all the other voice work that he's done. 
So they've got a big library of things to work from. I guarantee he's never said the word Jabeem. <laughs> I guarantee it. So I don't know what words they've spliced together. Um, if you listen to it, it sounds a little bit odd, but I, it, I just noticed it and I thought that is cool because that's it sounds. If you if you don't like really pay attention to it, it's seamless. And I don't know, like it, it I don't know. It just made me think about it, and I thought it was noteworthy. Um, such a the 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 good job that they've done. Now, um, Obi Wan and the gang get back to Jabeem. It's a whole big group of people there, um, including Haja. Kamal Nanjiani's character from a few episodes ago, he's shown up, he's helping out. Um, Ned is there, the the droid from episode three, part three. Um, so it's a big old character reunion. He's talking to Kamal Nanjiani for a bit. Maybe he is into Jedi. Maybe. Um, I, I was I'm pretty sure of myself that he was just really, really committed to this role. Um, but... After the conversation that he has with Obi-Wan, I'm thinking maybe he isn't a Jedi. He might still be, but I'm thinking maybe not. <laughs> um, he's talking to... Uh, Obi-Wan is talking to Roken. He's like, right, we've got Leia here now. I need to get her back to her family as soon as possible. Roken goes, yep, that's cool, but we need to help these people out first. These people have been waiting here for a long time. We need to get them to safety. And I like that Obi-Wan has now gone from my job comes ahead of everything, like how he almost didn't like go and rescue Leia right at the beginning when Bail asked him to, who was like, no, my mission is to stay here and look after Luke. And he's been very stubborn and unwilling to bend in different ways um, as the show has gone on. But now when Roken says this, he sort of pauses for a moment and then he says, I will help you in whatever way I can. So he's he's very much changed his tune because of the experiences that he's had, you know, throughout this show. And he's learning that there are lots of other people out there, lots of other Jedi that are going through what he's going through, having to be in hiding and, and so on. And, you know, he's realizing, right, I'm out here now. I'm helping. I need to commit to that. And I thought that was really good. Um, he... He's sort of having a bit of a look around. He sees another wall um, with a lot of Jedi names and, and so on carved in it, like he saw on the other planet that I've forgotten the name of <laughs> from episode three. Uh, he sees a quote written on the wall, says the light will fade, but is never forgotten, which I thought was really nice. Um, and it's a nice sort of, it's a good mantra that he's sort of starting to live by um, as the show has gone on. We see a, a little sort of case filled with lightsabers. Um, they will be lightsabers of Jedi that have gone through this um, new identity, you know, program that they're that they're helping them with at this place. Um, there's a bunch of Jedi robes there as well. Obi Wan even puts one on, which I think is really big for him. Um, there are eight lightsabers in this case. Now, none of them are recognised as you know a, a Jedi who we know to be alive at this point. Um, but there is one in there that I did recognize. It's Qui-Gon's. It, right in the middle, you can see it. It's got a mostly black handle. Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber is there. Now, it isn't his actual, like the character's lightsaber, because that doesn't make any sense. Um, I assume his was cremated with him. I don't know. 
Um, but it's it's the prop. So that's a little Easter egg that they threw in there to have Qui-Gon's lightsaber amongst that bunch, which I thought was cool. Now, as we saw at the end of the previous episode, Lola is uh, Leia's little droid is the tracking device and she's also got a um a little restraining bolt on there that makes her a baddie <laughs> very very naughty lola she's you know flying around in all these wires and she's fucking around with the power and she shuts the the big doors um in the roof that allowed them to fly out so she causes causes a lot of problems in this episode and Leia has to get up in there and sort of figure it out and plug stuff back in and fix it um which is it's it's purely you know it serves two purposes one it keeps them there so the episode can happen and it gives Leia something to do so yes then Reva and a couple of purge troopers and a bunch of stormtroopers show up um and they're kicking in the door um before I go on I I, I want to talk about the music in this episode and in the show as a whole. I think it's been really, really excellent overall. Um, there was some really, really sick music in this episode, especially around sort of this, this point in it, um, and it just made me want to take note of how good the score has been for the show as a whole. It's been excellent. Um, so they're kind of kicking in the door and... and... Obi-Wan gets a message from Bail, from Bail Organa. Now, this is one part of the episode that I thought was a little odd. So he get, he sends this message. Oh, I know that we weren't supposed to have any communication, but I'm just a little bit worried. Um, if, God, he says, basically, oh, if Vader has captured you, I need to go and make sure Luke is okay. He says two things that are just the dumbest oh my god two words that he shouldn't have said he says Tatooine and he says Owen oh my god first of all so he's 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 like 50 percent under the assumption that Obi-Wan has Obi-Wan and Leia have been captured by Vader right that means Vader has that little that little hologram communicator thingy right so if that is the case and he is it, it doesn't make any sense, right? So he's like, there's there's a chance that he's just sending this message directly to Vader. Oh, there's a boy on Tatooine who a man named Owen is looking after. Good. I wonder what connection Vader would make there. Hmm. I wonder. Oh, just the absolute most bone and it comes back later and it's it's what's going to lead us into the finale um but my goodness very out of character for bail he's 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 known to be very intelligent and that's what we've seen of him so far he's he's a very good leader very smart man he, he helped start the rebel alliance um big error big error by him so i hope obi-wan slaps him around a little bit <laughs> at some point um so before the Empire busts down the door. Um, it's a little bit like that scene in The Last Jedi when they're on crate, um, although they have a much smaller gun this time. So Obi-Wan goes to negotiate with Reva, and they have a little chat uh, from either side of this shut door. And it's one of the best scenes that we've had in the show so far. Um, basically, what we learn is that Reva is 
like she she's an infiltrator, right? She is in fact that girl from um the start of the very first episode, that youngling. Um she hates Vader. She's trying to get revenge against him for killing all of her friends. Um and it it, it is correct. Um as many of us thought she she knew that Vader was Anakin because she saw Anakin there when Order 66 was happening. Um so much to unpack here. So much going on. Um, first of all, seeing the footage, seeing Hayden, finally seeing him kill the younglings. And it's it's very, like, they cut away. The, the editing's very good. Like, there's no, I believe, um, I didn't have it here, um, but I saw some people in America their Disney Plus gave them a trigger warning because, yeah, kids get killed. And understandably, that would be upsetting for for anyone to see, um, but especially given the current landscape in the United States. Um, so, yeah, the, the, there's that. Um, there's the, the fact that, you know, and, and this is what a lot of people um, forecast, uh, what we suspected that Reva was going to, have a little redemption arc. Still don't know if she is going to. The end of this episode has, has left me with a few questions about what her motives are now, what she's going to do next. Um, and I'm super interested to see. Look, surely by now people are fully on board with this character. Because especially after this conversation, she's very, very interesting now. And there was a part that I loved so much. I love Obi-Wan just being in complete and utter emotional anguish. <laughs> she she asks him, you know, while my friends were being killed, where were you? He was your Padawan. Why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you save us? And he's he's got no response. I mean, he was on Utapau being shot at himself. Um, but but he like that that those questions just tap right in to the depths of the guilt that he's been feeling for a decade. They get right in there and you can see it in his face. You know, he now sees her as just a little kid who was in the wrong place at the wrong time because of him. That's what he thinks, right? So I thought that was a really emotionally poignant conversation. Um, but now Obi-Wan's learned something. Obi-Wan can use her as an asset. And he does, um, but not before she gets a little bit cross and she cuts her way through the door and like a hundred stormtroopers roll through um, all these people who are trying to shoot back. Luckily, these stormtroopers have got a real case of stormtrooper aim. Um, they've got all these people backing away in a bottleneck. There's lots and lots and lots of them and they can't hit a single one. <laughs> they kill like three people. <laughs> um we do know, um, I think because of the Mandalorian, that the reason that their aim is so bad is they can't see anything out of their helmets. They've got a very limited, um, you know, range of view, I guess would be the way to say it, through the little the little visors on their helmets. So that's why they don't shoot very well at all. Um, but it was particularly poor in this case. <laughs> um they sort of they're back. You know, all our all our heroes are backing away down this tunnel, um, and unfortunately, Tala and and poor Ned they get got at one point. Um, 
Tala gets shot. Um, Ned gets shot as well after he fucking kicks some ass. He's tossing stormtroopers around. He kills a bunch of them, which we were all waiting to see. Um, very, very cool character. Um, this was one of the most emotional deaths, honestly, that I've seen in Star Wars. For two characters that we've seen for like a couple of episodes in one show, like Tala gets shot and then Ned turns around, getting shot himself, walks towards her and just kneels down and just shields her from taking any more fire, takes it all himself and dies. Just the music, the, 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 the very little time we've had with these characters, I don't know, it just, it all worked really well for me. It was really, really well directed and well put together. I like it. I actually felt something. It was it was quite emotional um, watching them die. And then Tala gets a whole bunch of the stormtroopers with a thermal detonator, which is pretty cool. Um, Obi-Wan and everyone else very upset by their deaths, obviously. Um, and this is where Obi-Wan comes up with a plan. And, you know, he realizes, oh, we're going to lose here. We have lost already. And it's cutting back to an Anakin sort of, you know, doing really well in their little sparring um, thing it's one of the you know good ways that it's connected um but he comes up with this idea to go and um hand himself in uh basically to just be able to talk to reva again and say look i'm here you can tell vader that you've got me but this is to lure him to you so that you can take him down um and when he does this he does something interesting he gives his lightsaber and his pistol to um, Haja, he leaves he leaves his weapons with the group. Now, he, like he ends up, he talks to Reva, and then you know she lets him go so that she can trap Vader and they can all get out of there. So why does he do this? Why does he leave his lightsaber behind? It doesn't really make sense to leave himself so vulnerable. What he was thinking is this, right? Whether or not, like his his um, idea was going to go well with Reva. The stormtroopers that took him in were going to take his weapons, yeah? So there is a possibility that his lightsaber is taken from him and it just, he doesn't, isn't able to get it back because they have to have a conversation, like, sort of in private so the stormtroopers don't hear. You know, if she lets him go and then, you know, she's like, give him back his lightsaber, they're all going to go, what? What's going on? So they're both trying to be very secretive with all these stormtroopers around them. So... It was a good move for him to leave his weapons behind, if you think about it. Um, so yes, Vader comes down to the planet under the assumption that Obi-Wan is going to be right there waiting for him. Reva says, oh, he's just through that door. Vader goes through. He isn't just through that door. Goes through the corridor, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. You're thinking, gee, why isn't he turning around and going, where the fuck is he, huh? What's going on? He keeps going. He, he ends up in the hangar where, the, where their ship is about to take off, or so we think. And, oh, man, they're the most fucking badass. Jesus Christ. The ship takes off, and he grabs it. It's like, and it just stops immediately, and then he brings it back down to the ground, and he fucking rips it apart with the force. Let me... And he's literally growling. He's like... Rah! As he's pulling it apart. God, just the show of strength from Vader. It was very, very cool to see. Um, and of course it was a decoy, um, a bit like what we saw in Rise of Skywalker, where we thought that Chewbacca had been killed, but he was in a different transport. Um, 
there was another transport in the hangar way over the back. You can see it. And when Vader is too tired to stop them, they take off. Big brain moves there from Obi-Wan. So now what's going to happen? So Reva walks into the hangar behind him and she takes a swing. Now, I get where she's coming from. This is what she's been trying to do. She's been biding her time a little bit. She's been made Grand Inquisitor. You know, we we realized that she wasn't, you know, killing the Grand Inquisitor just to move up the ladder. You know, it was to sort of get him out of the way as a threat to her, you know, uh, and sort of to move up the ladder so she could be closer to Vader, you know, just by default. Um, but she takes a swing. And I don't know what she thought was going to happen, but he fucking wrecks her. Oh my God. The, 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 like, we know that Vader is just loads more powerful than any of the Inquisitors, even the Grand Inquisitor, like the original one. Much, much more powerful, right? They are his little peons. They are nothing compared to him. But to show the power differential in this way... Like, for most of the fight. So, Reaver's, like, taking wild swings at him. He's, like, stopping her lightsaber with the force. He's pushing her away. Or he's basically, like, he's, like, he's got his hands in his pockets. And he's just, like, sidestepping all of her swings. And just like, oh, you missed me. Oh, you missed me again. Oh, I'm going to stop you. And it looks like it's taking next to no effort from him. Which is awesome. It's just awesome to watch. Um, eventually, he just takes her lightsaber from her. Uh, when it's in the when it's in the double bladed mode, um, he he pulls it in two. Um, it's pretty cool to see Vader holding two red lightsabers, even though he never uses them in tandem. It's pretty fucking cool to see just that image alone. Um, he takes it apart. He gives her one half, basically like, "Come on, you want you want to have a go? You want to have a crack? Let's have a crack. I'll fight you." And even in this in in this case, he is just minimal effort. Half of the half of the fight, he's like facing the other way. <laughs> he's hardly paying her any attention. Um, eventually, he disarms her again, and he stabs her right right through the midriff. Um, and as he does this, she sees she has another flashback to that day in the temple where he came and killed all of her friends and. He, she sees Anakin stab her through the stomach as well. Now, I don't... This is, this didn't actually happen, I don't think. Um, like, as a youngling, she was not stabbed by Anakin through the stomach because that doesn't really make sense because earlier she says that she sort of hid... She played dead. Um, if she had been mortally wounded in this way, there's no way she's just hiding and waiting for everyone to leave. Um, she would have needed to get help immediately. And if she didn't, there's no way a child surviving that injury so I don't think she was injured in any way on that day as a child I think she's just sort of transplanting what's actually happening in front of her into that memory anyway yeah he stabs her uh, she's on the ground she's dying and then the Grand Inquisitor comes back in we we knew he was alive um, except for the people that hadn't seen Rebels yes of course he's alive he survived his injuries uh, he sort of rubs her nose in it he takes back the the hand of the king badge, I mean the Grand Inquisitor badge, um, and <laughs> he puts it back on. He's like, goodbye, Grand Inquisitor. He's just me, like, meh, 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 you fucking stab me, bitch, or fucking meh, meh, meh. 
you know, he's loving it and he's loving like standing next to Vader. Vader doesn't say a fucking thing because he loves like seeing his, his two like attack dogs just going at each other. Um, he, he fucking loves that shit. And when he's had enough, he just walks out and then the Grand Inquisitor follows him. Now, this, this, it's odd because the Grand Inquisitor literally just recovered fully from this exact same injury. So what do they think that she's going to do, right? You need to double tap. <laughs> if Zombieland taught us anything, you need to double tap, right? Reva should have double tapped when she stabbed the Grand Inquisitor. They should have double tapped her in this episode. Bloody Obi-Wan should have double tapped Anakin back in the day when he left him on Mustafar. Um, he should have double tapped. I mean, he, I would have thought that Maul was dead as well. Um, but even, you know, we, we saw that that isn't enough. To cut somebody in half isn't enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, they leave her there. And of course, she finds the dropped little hologram transmitter thing with the fucking message from Bale. She hears the word Tatooine. She hears the word Owen. Of course, she met Owen. She learned his name. When we first saw that, it had absolutely zero significance, but now it is very important that she heard his name on that day. So that's really, really interesting. Um, and then that's the end of the episode. Obi-Wan sort of senses that something bad's going down. He's like, he's like, he's like using the force. He's like checking his pockets. He's like, oh, where's that thing I had? Where's that thing with a really, really important message that I can't let anyone hear? I gave it to him. Oh, I haven't got it anymore. Oh, someone's probably found it. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> um, and Roken asks him, yeah, is everything okay? He goes, oh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> Everything's cool. <laughs> Everything's not cool. Um, big shit's going to go down in this finale. I wonder what she's going to do. I wonder what she's going to do. Is she going to take it to Vader to try and buy her way back in? I don't think that's going to work. She just tried to kill him. He's not going to trust her as far as he could toss her. So, you know, does she go... Oh, no, surely she has to go and find Obi-Wan and, and take... Oh, I don't know. Because what that, that doesn't serve her interests either. Really, really interested, interested to see what she does with that information. Of all the characters who could have come across that information... She is the one I have no idea what she's going to do. Really, really intrigued. Oh, they've set it up for a great ending. You know, it could be a final showdown on Tatooine. You know, with, you know, the potential risk to Luke. You know, maybe they, in the early part of the next episode, they get Leia back to her family. So that's all done. Um, you know, Obi-Wan goes back to Tatooine. And Reva is there, you know, maybe the Grand Inquisitor and Vader followed her. Maybe they wanted her to survive. I don't know. Lots of questions. Next week is going to be huge. I, I can just, if this is the penultimate episode, what is the, what's the final episode going to be like? Oh, everything is forgiven for last week. Not that there was a great deal to forgive, um, but it was... It made, I think, a lot of us a little bit worried. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely fantastic episode. As I said, the work with the flashbacks interwoven with what was happening in present, just brilliant storytelling. Um, I loved 
the conversation between Obi-Wan and Reva. I loved all the Vader stuff. God, just awesome. Um, that the Obviously, now we've seen a little bit of Hayden, you know, just acting, acting, you know, um, seeing his face and whatnot. But the physical acting from him as Vader is top-notch. And he did an interview during the week where he said that some of the stuff in the suit isn't him. Um, because despite him being a very tall man, he does not have the frame required um, in some scenes to show the contrast between him and other characters. Like you go back to that final scene in the previous episode where he is absolutely towering over Reva. Like he's got her covered by a foot at least. I don't think that's Hayden. I don't think he's big enough to to have that presence. Um, so... Um, any scenes where Vader is standing with another character, um, I think most of those are not Hayden. But all the, I think all the, any close-ups, any scenes where it's just him maybe walking, or I think any of the, I think this fight scene, just how it may not have been, but I, I think it, I think that was Hayden. That I don't know. Something just tells me that that was him. Because there was a lot of character, a lot of Vader's character in that fight. The the strength, the power, the arrogance, the complete confidence that he is in absolutely zero danger. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. I fucking love this episode. I cannot wait for the finale next week. I'm sad that it's going to be over so soon, but it's going to be awesome. Can can finish it up, can give it a big rewatch, give you my final thoughts. Oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. And then we're only, you know, we're only, what, six or eight weeks away from Andor, which is going to be 12 episodes, which is going to be fucking awesome. Um, that'll do for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're enjoying the show itself. I certainly am. Um, yeah, let's let's get pumped for next week. It's going to be awesome. All right, I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.